And church, you guys came with expectation. There's expectancy in the room, um, and God, we're, it's, um, we're going to talk about it more. The worship team's going to come back up at the end, and so we're going to kind of pick up back where we just left off um, in worship. I, I encourage you to keep your expectation high um, for what the Lord wants to do this morning, but you guys did come. I, I sense the expectation in the room. You guys came with expectancy, with faith, um, and the Lord is meeting us there as he promises to. Who's happy they came to church this morning? Amen. Amen. Okay, awesome. Well, welcome to church, man. We're so excited to be in week two of this new summer series. Um, last week, Pastor Eric did a phenomenal job. I'm going to toss this to you. I don't want it in my pocket. Um, got skills. I see you. Um, last week, Pastor Eric did a phenomenal job and, and a hilarious job. Um, communicating, you know, so in this summer series, we're talking about, as a church, we have a vision and a mission, but we also have cultural values around here that just distinguish the personality and the priorities of this house. And last week, we started by sharing one of those, and that's what we're doing in this summer series. And last week, Pastor Eric shared one of our core culture values around here is that the Bible is our truth. And so we left last week, like, laughing, but also somehow at the same time super inspired to elevate the word of God in our life. Amen. And we were passed out. How many of you guys have been joining in on the Bible, similar Bible reading plan? If you're online or you're joining us and you didn't know about it, you can go online and get the bookmark or as you leave, get a bookmark. We're reading one chapter of the Bible, the same chapter of the Bible throughout the whole summer, or at least till the beginning of August. Today we're in the book of John chapter 7. So I encourage you guys to um, join along on that. And something else that Pastor Eric encouraged us to do is that when we come to church that we should bring our Bible, our physical Bible. And just we would love a culture of that around here where we, where we bring our physical Bible and even a, a notebook to take notes, to have expectation, to say, I'm not going to just look at the scripture on the screen. I want to see it in my own Bible. I'm not going to take our word for it. I want to see it in my own Bible. And we joked around that in, in kids' ministry, we pass out kids' cash. If someone brought their Bible, little Noah I saw in the hallway, and he's like, I brought my Bible. I was like, awesome. Do you get a Tootsie Roll for that? He goes, yeah. Um, and so we laughed that we weren't going to do that in adult service. And then this week, Eric and I are like, well, why not, though? Really? Like, in every area of our life, we reward what we want repeated. And so this morning, the ushers have Laffy Taffies. Yes. If you brought your physical Bible this morning, would you wave it up loud and proud? Sure. Way to go, church. The ushers are coming to give you a piece of candy. We celebrate that. And guys, it's a lot more people than brought their Bible last week. Way to go. Because when we go to the gym... We wear our running shoes. When we go to the office, we bring our laptop. So when we come to church, we bring our Bible. And you know what, guys? We might just bring out Laffy Taffies or Jolly Ranchers. We might just continue to reward. Here's what the Bible says. Um, God rewards those who diligently seek after him. And so if a Laffy Taffy is a good enough reward, we're going to reward you. So... Over the summer in the Giso household, we have chores, but we also have bonus points. And we reward our kids. We give them money for reading their Bible over the summer. And that's our scripture we stand on. So we're going to pass out Laffy Taffies or something. So bring your Bible next week and maybe you'll get some candy. 
But man, seriously, we celebrate that because, and, and honestly, I wonder if that's part of the expectancy that was in the room. Maybe you guys came with greater expectation this morning because you brought your Bible. You're coming with expectation. Amen. Amen. Um, awesome. So this morning we're talking about how faith is our response. One of our cultural values around here is that faith is our response. Let's pray and then we'll dive into it. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is our truth. And we thank you that our response to that is faith in your word. And so, Lord, we thank you that as your word goes forth, it does not come back void. We thank you that it changes things in us. We have expectation that you have a specific word handcrafted for each and every one of us this morning, and we come with expectancy to hear from you collectively, but also individually. Lord, we have great expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. So faith is our response. I have just a couple of introductory um, scriptures to start us off. At the end of the message, I've got some really practical, like, all right, let's all leave with an assignment of how to activate and have faith be our response in, in a more tangible way. But first, I want to just kind of give a couple introductory um, scriptures on the topic of faith. The first one is this, Hebrews eleven six. It says, without faith... It's impossible to please him, talking about God. For he or her, the person who comes to God, must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. <clears throat> so faith, what we say around here is that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. God is pleased. with If we don't come in faith, we can't please him. Faith pleases God. For when we come to God, we must believe that he is. What this scripture is not saying is that when we come to God, we must um, value spirituality. When we come to God, we must think that he's cool. When we come to God, we should desire good vibes. It's not saying those things. It's saying, no, when you come to God, you believe that he is. And that pleases him. And he rewards us when we do come to him and say that. That exact phrase is one of the first songs that we were just singing. God, we believe who you are, right? We believe um, that you are. Second introductory scripture, <clears throat> Romans 1, 17 says, For in the righteousness of God, <clears throat> for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it's written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Okay, so faith pleases God. When we come to him, we have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And then this scripture is saying that we should live by faith. What does that mean? That two-letter word by packs a lot of heat because that word by has the same meaning as the word through, which means our living gets its power from our faith. By means that it's happening through the source or the power of the following thing. It's the agency through which living is happening. And every agency has to have an agent, right? God. Our faith in God is the agent of how every area of our life works. The just shall live like the source, the power behind everything that they're doing is their faith in God. It's God behind the scenes doing everything. 2 Corinthians says something similar. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. 
So this scripture is saying not only do we live by it like in general terms, but we walk like step by step, decision by decision, moment by moment. Our full reliance is in our faith and trust in God and who he said he, he is and what he said he would do that we see in scripture. Then we see in Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. So the starting point of our relationship with God, the moment of salvation starts not because we do or we think a bunch of things, but because we believe. Faith. Our salvation, us being saved, us being made whole, us having the assurance of heaven is through faith. Our belief, right? It's not based on what we have done or what we have not done. So these scriptures are saying that faith pleases God. We live by faith. We walk by faith. And it's by faith, through faith, that we are saved, made whole, have the assurance of heaven. Okay? So at the end, like I mentioned, we're going to have some practical questions, takeaway. Okay, how does this apply to you? But before we move to that, I want to just give a couple of more handles. I want to define faith. And some of you in the room have been taught on this, but I'm going to stir you up because I know there's areas of all of our life that we can be walking in faith more. And some of you this morning, you're like, yes, please define faith. This is so abstract. This is so not a seen thing. And so I want to give you guys some more handles. Um, the definition of faith, like what is faith? Give me some kind of handle on what faith is. Faith is the absolute belief that God and his word are true. Unshakable belief. Like you can't get me to change my mind. Faith believes God and his word as absolute truth before there is any proof, proof or visible things that you can experience with your senses. How do we know that? Let's take a look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith and hope are two different things. Hope is a wonderful thing. Hope is positive outlook to the future right? Hope is a longing. Hope is a desire that is filled with positive expectation, right? You have hope for the future. You have hope that, man, I could, I could see the potential of something like that happening. Faith is the substance of that. Faith is the substance of that hope. It's the substance of that positive outlook. It's the substance of that longing or desire, so faith says, I don't just hope for this. I know that it's already mine even before I see it. You guys tracking? And so we see that if we look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, again, in the Amplified Classic Translation, it expounds on that. This is a woman's translation. It gives five more words per... I like it. It's, it's like my, I go to New King James and then I go to, okay, but now tell me Amplified what's really happening here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation or the title deed. Faith is the title deed. We're going to come back to that. Of the things that we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. 
and the conviction of their reality. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Um, see, aren't you like, thank you for those extra words. That helped. Um, so I, I like this. This um, definition of faith being the title deed is a really good handle for me. And so many of us have bought a home, and you know that when you go to closing, you walk away with the title deed. Faith is the title deed. And many of you guys, especially in, in recent markets, you allow the previous buyer to live in the home that you own. When Eric and I bought our current home a couple years ago, part of the contract was that we would buy the house, but we would allow the previous owner to live there for a month. So we walked away from closing, having the title deed that said, this house is ours. But to all the physical senses, it didn't look like it was ours because it had all the previous owner's stuff in it, and they continued to leave, live there for the next month. But we knew that it was ours because of the legal document. All we had was paper with legal words on it. And we had faith in that document that it was ours, even though nothing looked like it was ours, right? Or like we all experienced, for those of you that have been a part of the church for a while, the church owned this building for seven months before we occupied it. And so we had faith. We all knew we were talking about, it. hey, that's our building. But we weren't living in it. And the sign on the road didn't say that it was ours. And by all physical appearances, it didn't look like this was our building, but it was our building because we had the title deed. We had faith in a document with legal words on it that it was ours regardless of what it looked like on the exterior. You guys tracking with it? So this is super important. Let me share one more scripture. We'll expound on it a little bit more. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith grows when we hear and when we read the Bible, the word of God. And that's because our faith is based on the word of God. Our believing of God is not something we conjure up in our own ideas. We see something in the word of God. We see something in scripture and we latch our faith onto it. Um, and that's where our, that's the source of our faith. We have faith in God. We have faith in his word. Um, and that's why we can have so much confidence because what we talked about last week, that's why it's so important that we, that we have a basis that we, that we believe the Bible is our truth. And if the Bible is absolute tr truth and it's for, forever established in heaven, then we can build our life on it. Then we can have faith on it, much more faith than we can have on a title deed. Right? God, like Eric said last week, God settled it, or God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And so... A title deed, like we talked about, is a piece of paper with writing on it that is backed by a legal system. And we build our life, we plan, we have expectation that that is true, and that's going to hold up true in court, right? The same is true of the Word of God. The Bible is words on paper, but it is also a legal contract. Um, God's Word is His will, the Old Testament is called the Old Covenant, and we have the New Covenant. It is our contract with God. It is legally binding. God said, I'm not a man that I would lie. If I wrote it in the book, you can count on it. We can count on his words being true. We can count on his system being trustworthy even more so than 
the governmental system that you can go to court and say, yeah, I have the title deed, it's mine. In the same way we can do that with the word of God. That's how we stand on the word. Does that make sense? And I want to make a really important clarification. We're talking about faith in God and faith in God's word this morning. And our faith, that's the only thing that we base our faith on, right? Because there's a a temptation or a trend to put your faith in other things. This morning, we're not talking about putting our faith in good vibes. This morning, we're not talking about putting our faith in the energy of the universe. This morning, we're not talking about putting our faith in the latest trendy New Age practice of of energy or crystals or manifesting or Zen moments or astrology or tarot cards. And we're definitely not this morning talking about putting our faith in politics, the government, or the news, or the latest Pinterest post, or what your friend just shared on Facebook, or whatever, right? Our faith is in the Word of God, and the Word of God only. Um, and there is an energy of the universe, and his name is Jesus. We need to call him by his name. Amen? Um, because we're spiritual beings. The Bible says that we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And most people have an awareness that there is more to this world than meets the eye. Most people have an awareness that there's some kind of spiritual, metaphysical realm out there. Um, and we know as Christians that there's no neutral spiritual energy. There is only the kingdom of God in the kingdom of darkness. And so it can be a dangerous thing if we're putting our faith in anything other than Jesus because there is no neutral ground. Does that make sense? So when we're putting our faith and belief in something, we need to be clear, we're, we're putting it in the word, not good vibes. We're putting it in who God says he is. It's the only thing, that's, the only thing that we're taking with us to heaven is people in the word. Those are the only thing that lasts forever. And so we can build our life on the word. We can put our faith in the word even more than we can put our faith in a title deed. Is that good? Okay, so a question this morning, an important question for all of us. If we're to live by faith and walk by faith, then we need to ask ourselves the question, are we dependent on our faith in God and in his word in every area of our life? Like, okay, if I'm supposed to be walking by faith and living by faith, then is every area of my life fit that description? Am I walking by and living by faith in every part of my life? You know, so many times when we think about who we are in our life, we can say something like, well, yeah, I'm a wife and I'm a mom and I have this occupation and I've got a three-bedroom, two-bath house with a white picket fence, and I coach my kids' sports team, and I'm on the local golf league, and I also happen to have faith in God. But our faith in God is not to be an accessory on our life. Our faith in God is to inform every other area of our life. And so when we think about who we are, we need to have an identity, an awareness of, I have faith in God. I'm a child of God. And that identity informs all of the other things that I am and do. I also happen to be a college student, or I also happen to be a husband and a, and a dad and a, 
you know, all fill in the blanks of all the other titles and responsibilities that we have. But first and foremost, we have faith in God and that infiltrates and informs every other area of our life. Does that make sense? Um, so God's called us to walk by faith, not as an accessory, but as the core. And I think if all of us are honest this morning, I think all of us could say, you know what, not every single area of my life, not every single moment of my life am I every single time 100% living by faith, walking by faith. I think we all have an area that we could say this morning, you know what, I could have faith in God more in this area. And so we're going to get to that practically in here just a minute. Worship team, come on, start making your way up. I want to share this scripture, and then I want to share the practical handles before we go into this last worship song and really have a moment with the Lord. So James 5.16, again in the Amplified Classic, says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman, a righteous person, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. This scripture says that when we pray passionately and in a heartfelt way, it makes things happen. And so this morning, I could this morning end by putting a a screen on the slide, listing a bunch of scriptures. All right, everyone pick a scripture to have faith in. And this week, go think about that scripture and go read that scripture and let's grow our faith on whatever scripture you pick. I'm going to do it a a a little bit different. If we know that heartfelt, passionate prayer changes things, then I want to ask you this morning, what are you desperate for? What do you desire above all else? Can we pause for a minute and just ponder that question? In your own life, you came here and there's stuff going on in all of our lives. But this morning, what is something that, man, you could stay here all day praying about because you are so desperate for an answer? What is something this morning or in this season of your life that you really need? What is something that you are desperate to happen maybe in your life or maybe in a family member or a friend's life? What's the longing on your heart this morning? Maybe that you have hope for, but maybe you don't even have hope. Like maybe you're not even to the point of hope, but you know that it's a need. I think we all have different things on our heart this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I'm desperate for a financial breakthrough. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I'm desiring for my child or my spouse to know God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I desire above all else to be well, to be whole in your body and or in your mind. Maybe you're here and you're like, I just need purpose. I feel like I'm floating around. I need identity. I need purpose. Why in the world am I here? Maybe you're here this morning and you desire to have a spouse or maybe you desire to have a child. Maybe you're desperate for direction or for wisdom or for knowing what to do next. I just need to know what to do, God. What are you desperate for? And I really, before we move on to the next point, if you've got something in your mind, I really encourage you, write it down right now. Open up your notes on your phone and just write it down before we pass this moment. What are you desperate for? What do you desire above all else? Because it's with this that we're going to talk about faith. Scripture says in Psalm 37, 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, the secret and petition, the secret petitions of your heart. 
Jeremiah 33, 3. God says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. You know, God desires relationship with us. He knows what we need before we ask, but he still asks that we ask. Even in um, Jesus' time, you know, he would walk by people that were in great need and they were calling out, Lord, have mercy, help. And Jesus would come to them and then he'd ask them specifically, what do you need me to do? He could probably see visibly what they needed healing for. But he wanted them to, he wants us to locate. Would you be specific? Like, what do you want me to do? I always say this in basics class. We have three kids. One of them is homesick this morning. And so this is a really relevant thing. Sometimes kids will just be like, Rah! I've heard that a lot this week. I just need help. Mom. Sometimes that can be like what we are to God. And it's honestly, it's annoying when your kid just is screaming. Because you're like, how can I help you? What do you need? Do you need a Kleenex? Do you need me to wipe your butt? Do you, what, what do you need? How can I help you? And that's the same with God. Sometimes we can come to God and be like, oh God, I'm frustrated and I'm mad. I'm, where are you? And God is saying, what do you want, child? What do you want? What do you desire? Call to me and I will answer you. I wanted to give you the desires of your heart, but would you just ask? Um, the second question, I got three questions. And we're going to ponder these questions right now. But as we go into the song, I want this to be a conversation you have with the Lord. Second question, what does God's word say about that thing that you desire and are desperate for? Remember this morning, we're talking about how faith is our response. So when we locate something that we're desperate for, when we locate something that we need God to come through big time, our first response should not be to call our mom or our best friend. Our first response should not be to Google it or to strive or make something happen. Our first response is, God, this is something that I need. I desire. What does your word say about this? Is this something, God, that you want for me? God, can I trust you to move in this area of my life? And that's where faith connects to our life. And so here's your homework this week. Maybe as I'm talking, you know, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance the things that Jesus said. So maybe even as I'm talking, you have a scripture that's coming to mind. Write that down. But maybe you're do you don't and you're like, I don't know what God's word says about this, but I know I need it. I encourage you this week, go home. I am going to ask you to Google something. Google Bible verses about money. Scriptures about purpose. Whatever your desire is, go find scripture verses about it. What does God say about it? God, what do you say about my desire to have a child? God, what do you say about my desire to be healthy? God, what do you say about marriage? God, what do you say about breakthrough financially? Read through those scriptures and find one, two, three that makes your heart leap. And start reading it until faith grows in your heart. Does that make sense? 
This is how we connect our real world living to God. This is how we walk by faith. God, this is what I need. What does your word say? Because I'm building my life on your word. Last thing, what's your action? What's your action? 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I did something. I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Faith and belief in God's word is our first response. We can't have faith without knowing what God's word says. Our faith latches on to God's word. Our faith does not latch on to our feelings. Our faith does not latch on to good vibes. Our faith does not latch on to what everyone in culture is saying. Our faith latches on to the word. So what's the word saying? And then what is our response as a result? For sure it will be prayer. For sure God is going to say, okay, believe me and start praying about it. And here's the funny thing about prayer. Prayer can be vulnerable. And maybe some of you this morning online, maybe some of you guys this morning in person, you're like, ooh, I don't know that I want to like talk to God about this. I don't know if I even want to ask him. I don't know if I even want to put my heart out there because what if he let, like, what if nothing happens? What if I put myself in a vulnerable situation to invite God into this situation? What if I put my faith and hope in him? And what if it doesn't work out good? With any relationship, if we want to grow in any relationship, we have to be vulnerable. I challenge you this morning. What are you desperate for? What does God's word say about it? And would you believe it? Would you pray about it? Would you let it change the words that you speak about it? And there's probably going to be some kind of action too. You know, God told Abraham, hey, I've got this great plan for your life. I've got this land that I want to bless your family with. And, and Abraham believed it. But he didn't go home and pray and sit and watch TV and eat potato chips. He needed to believe, but he also needed to go home and pack up his bags and say, hey, family, we're going someplace that God's going to show us. There was action. You know, God told the Israelites, hey, the city of Jericho is yours. You have the title deed, even though there's a whole other country that's occupying it right now. And so they had to, the step one was believe. The Israelites had to believe, okay, we believe what you're saying, even though we can't see it. But they also had to act. And God said, because this is your land, I need you to walk around it and shout and do crazy things that doesn't make logical sense. And they did it. And the walls came down. What is the action this morning? Sometimes it's super practical. Like you start looking at scripture verses about money, financial breakthrough, and you start seeing some stuff about financial stewardship. It's the natural and the supernatural together, right? And so what is your action this morning? What is your action? Because faith is our response. Amen, church? Would you guys stand up? This next moment, as we sing that Believe For It song, sing along with the words, but maybe you just need to have a conversation with the Lord about it while the song is playing. An honest conversation. You know, we, we see examples in scripture where God says, hey, do you believe I'm able to do this? 
And we see people in scripture that said, yes, I believe, but help me with my unbelieving. Let's go to the Lord and be honest. God, I believe for it. But maybe also help me in my unbelieving. Would we be vulnerable with the Lord this morning and ask him for those things that he has for us? Church, if you're comfortable, would you raise your hands to the Lord as we open up this moment in prayer? Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you that without faith, we can't please you. We thank you that you call us to live by faith, to walk by faith, that it's only through faith that we are saved and made whole and made well. God, we thank you that you have good plans for us. God, we thank you that you are our provider. God, we thank you that as we seek after you, Lord, that you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. So as we come into this time, go ahead, even before the song starts, say hi, God. Whisper it under your breath. Maybe if you don't want to hear the, the person next to you hear you, then say it in your heart. Say, Lord, this is what I'm desperate for. God, I'm desperate for you to move in this way. God, I'm desperate for you to lead and guide in this way. God, I'm desperate. And God, I believe that you're able. I believe that you can move. And church, I believe that as we, as we sing and really declare this next song, that there is going to be breakthrough. There is going to be a change. There is going to be testimonies that come from this moment of healing, of breakthrough, of miracles. So we're going to go into an extended time of just worship and prayer. The altar's open if you want to come forward. And then I'll come up and close us out here in a little bit.